This is episode eight of the Joyful Movement Show, and today we're talking about external validation in the form of trackers, apps, and scales, and how these can interfere with joyful movement. Stay tuned. Hi there. Welcome to the Joyful Movement Show. I'm your host, Kim Hagel, mom, recovering dieter, and founder of Radiant Vitality Wellness. As a personal trainer with my own story of body acceptance, I've seen firsthand how diet culture influences the fitness industry and the damage it causes the women I work with, keeping them on the start, stop cycle, struggling to find motivation. It's now my mission to empower women to break free from torturous exercise, restrictive eating, and body shame. Stick with me and I'll help you discover what moves you so that you can tap into that burning motivation deep inside yourself and experience joyful movement, peace with food, and feel confident in your own skin. Are you ready? Let's lace up our runners, pop the earbuds in and go for a walk while we chat. Hey friends, welcome back. Hey, if you're just tuning in for the first time, thanks so much for being here. My name's Kim and I'm a personal trainer and registered holistic nutritionist and I have a passion for helping women just like you break free from diet culture and heal their relationship with exercise, movement, their body, food, so that you can step confidently out into the world in the body that you have today. So thanks so much for joining in. And if you've been here before, thanks so much for coming back. Special thank you to anybody who has left us a review over on iTunes. As I've mentioned before, those reviews really help our podcast get seen by people just like you who need to hear this information about a new way to relate to movement. So I'm going to give a shout out today to Arlyn33. She left a review titled, A Must Listen. She says, Kim is easy to listen to. What she says is on point and easy to understand. I can't wait to listen to the next one and the next and the next. So thank you so much for your review. It really means the world to me. And for the rest of you, if you're getting value out of this podcast, please take a few minutes and hop on over to iTunes and leave a rating or a review. It just helps bump up the podcast in the search list so that people who are looking for something like this can find it. So it's really, really helpful to other people. Um, Before we get started on today's topics, just a couple of announcements. First is that I do have a contest going on, a review contest, ironically. So when you leave a review on iTunes, if you screenshot that and send it to me, either on my Instagram DMs or on a Facebook Messenger, I'm going to enter you to win a scholarship to my 16-week coaching program called Right Body For Me. It's a whole in-depth deep dive into body image and body acceptance. It's an amazing program and details are coming out for that soon, but you can earn a scholarship by leaving a review or a chance to win a scholarship, I should say. So good luck to anybody who's taking part in that. And another announcement, I want to just remind you about my upcoming webinar on January 6th um, called This Is My Year. It's a goal-setting webinar with a whole new way to look at goals that actually works. Um, We're going to talk about it at the end of the show. I'll share more information about it, but just mark that on your calendar and I'll give you um, information on how to register in a little bit. All right, so moving on into today's topic, we are continuing our series on the principles of joyful movement. Today is principle number six, which is to stop relying on external validation. And by that, I mean 
fitness trackers, apps, and even the scale to tell you that you're getting it right in terms of movement. We talked about the gym police in weeks past, which are actually just rules and thoughts running through our mind about the right way to exercise. Well, for a lot of people, fitness trackers and apps and the scale, they're kind of like the judge and jury used to convict us and punish us for breaking the laws set by the gym police. So the two kind of go hand in hand. And if you're listening to this in real time, it's just a few days before Christmas now, and quite possibly you've asked for a new Fitbit or an Apple Watch from Santa. And I don't want to poop all over your parade, but if you're hoping that this is going to be the magic tool that's going to help you get motivated, it probably isn't. So listen in here, maybe you'll get some new information, maybe you'll decide you want something else for Christmas instead. No pressure on Santa, it's only three days before Christmas. So about 20% of people in North America actually wear a fitness tracker. But it's interesting to note that about one third of the people who own one will stop wearing it within six months and almost half will stop within a year, which leads me to question why? And when I did some research into this, it seems that a lot of women struggle in their relationship with a wearable tracker. There was an article published in The Conversation, the link in the show notes, where the authors found out in their study of 200 women with a Fitbit tracker that 79% of those women felt pressured to reach their daily targets and 59% reported that they felt their daily routines to be controlled by their Fitbit. And I'm wondering, is that you? I think like any time we start a new program or buy something new, we're hoping that it will be the thing that will motivate us to make a positive change. But as we've mentioned here before, lots of times, if you have a negative feeling towards the thing, your motivation certainly won't last. So let's unpack this a little bit. First of all, There's five big things that wearable fitness trackers do, and people generally buy one in hopes to motivate them to make a positive change in one of these five areas. So we'll just go through them one by one, and we'll talk about how accurate and how well the fitness trackers actually work in each of these five areas as well. So the first reason that people buy a fitness tracker is to monitor their inactive time and remind them to get up and move regularly. The second reason is to count their steps. The third is to track the amount of time that they spent being active or the distance that they covered during their activity. Some have a GPS to track that. The fourth is to monitor their heart rate. Some monitors come with that, some don't. And the fifth function that some people are looking for in their tracker is how many calories were burned. So let's talk about how well fitness trackers do in terms of accuracy of the data that it measures. Fortunately, trackers have been really well studied both for accuracy of measurement and in people's behavior while using them. Like anything, there are some good practical uses for fitness trackers, but they also have their limitations. And unfortunately, we can become really attached to the data that the device puts out that might not even be accurate. So let's break down each of these five functions and what the research says about each one. So the first 
um, purpose that people buy trackers for is that inactivity reminder. And fortunately, trackers are definitely accurate at doing this. Even the very basic ones, the inexpensive ones can tell you when you've been inactive for a long period of time and they signal you that it's time to get up and get moving. And we all know that sitting too long and staring at a screen all day is really hard on the body and the mind. So these tools are really great for people who are sedentary and need that regular reminder to get up and move, such as office workers. But the limiting factor with this function is that it's only helpful to people who find that hourly buzz useful and not annoying. If you're turned off by it, it's not motivating to help you get up and move. And it's only really beneficial for people who work in a type of setting where it's possible to get up and move when it beeps. Depending on your work situation, that's not always feasible. So then we end up silencing the um, tracker and not doing what it's telling us to do anyways. So my take on this is that if this is the only reason that you think you need a fitness tracker, a timer on your phone or a beep on your computer would probably work just fine. You don't need to spend extra money on a fitness tracker. The second reason that people buy a fitness tracker is to track their steps. And that's the main reason that the majority of fitness uh, tracker wearers use them. Um, For the most part, they do a pretty good job of accurately measuring the steps that you take, Um, although some of the cheaper wrist models can confuse random arm movements for walking. The real issue with the whole step counting feature is the whole notion that 10,000 steps a day is the gold standard that every human must be striving for. There's actually no scientific research to prove that this is true. It's actually pretty funny. The number is completely arbitrary. It was chosen by the manufacturers of the first pedometer back in the 60s. Um, It was called the Mempoke, which translates as the 10,000 step meter. And it was made in Japan as part of a marketing campaign around the excitement for the 1964 Tokyo Olympics. And it just caught on. And to date, there have been numerous studies trying to pinpoint the right amount of steps that a person needs, and the jury's out. The main reason they can't come up with a number is because most of the studies look at calories burned or weight loss as the outcome goal, and obviously more steps taken would result in more weight lost. But in terms of actually maintaining good heart health and mobility, the number of steps needed might actually be much lower, maybe even as low as three to 5,000. Nobody's really been able to determine for sure. The other limiting factor in step count alone, it doesn't take into account the intensity of the walk. So while 10,000 steps is still a lot of walking, we do know that in order to keep our heart healthy, we need to work at a moderate to vigorous intensity. So 10,000 easy steps isn't the same or necessarily as beneficial as 5,000 more vigorous steps. We're just not clear. One study did determine that it might take about 7,500 steps to equal the 30 minutes of daily activity recommended in the Canada Physical Activity Guidelines. So that's something. But If you're confused by any of this, you're not alone. I am too. What I took away from all this info and research that I did is that counting steps basically is pointless. 
But meanwhile, we see people doing laps of their kitchen at night when all they want to do is go to bed because they have to get their 10,000 steps in. Food for thought, right? So the third function of wearable fitness trackers that people use them for is to calculate the time they spent exercising or the distance that they traveled. And from an accuracy standpoint, most of the trackers out there are good at at this measurement about most trackers, I should say are about 90% accurate. So that that's good. Um, this can be really useful for people who run or cycle, particularly if you go out by yourself and you only have a certain amount of time to be out, or if you're only intending on going a certain distance, it helps you to know when to turn around. There are some practical uses for these things. That's for sure. Myself, I use an app when I'm running, um, I do. I know my body pretty well, and I can usually accurately ac- assess how long of a run my body feels like doing on a certain day, and I determine that before I even put my feet on the pavement. But I'm not a great judge of distance or time once I'm out, especially once I get going and I'm into my music or my podcast. So I could end up running out too far and not having enough gas in my tank to make it home. So for me, an app is helpful in that standpoint. But where we can run into issues is if we become attached to achieving a certain distance because it's what our app or our training program says we need to do that day and ignoring our body's cues as to what's enough or potentially using the tracker to monitor our pace and allowing it to dictate how fast or hard we go and not listening to what our body is telling us we need to do that particular day. And also a lot of these um, trackers and apps have challenges that you can um, participate in amongst your peer groups and how you engage in those challenges can be tricky too. Sometimes we can allow the competition to take over our own good judgment of the best way to move our body. And I'm going to circle back to that point in a little bit. The fourth function that some wearable fitness trackers have is the heart rate monitoring tool. So this one can be really useful if you're an athlete who's training for a particular race, sport, or distance event. Heart rate monitoring is important for athletes to self-monitor their fitness level and the intensity that they work out during a training session. They have specific goals that they need to measure, and heart rate can be an important tool. But most of us average people or even semi-competitive athletes we really don't need to monitor our heart rate. And most of us don't know how to interpret the data anyway. There are a lot of variables at play. And unless you have a specific training plan from a knowledgeable coach with heart rate zone recommendations for you specifically, you're probably not going to do it right. And just as an FYI, I don't even know enough about heart rate training to implement it for myself. And I don't prescribe it to anyone. It complicates something that's very simple and innate. It's actually really easy to monitor the intensity of your workout through your own body cues. And you can do that by simply using the talk test. So a moderate intensity exercise session usually means that you can speak one sentence at a time during your activity. Vigorous activity would mean that you can speak maybe three or five words at a time. If you can only get out one word, you're working way too hard. And if you can speak in full paragraphs, well, that's light intensity. And that's all you really need to know. 
the only reason that the average everyday exerciser would want to know their heart rate is because it factors into calories burned, which leads me to the fifth reason why people wear fitness trackers. And this is the ironic thing, is that fitness trackers are not at all accurate for measuring calories burned. There was an investigation done by Stanford Medical School, and they found that even the most accurate device was off by 27% in terms of calories burned. And the least accurate device that they measured was off by 93%. And that's a huge discrepancy. And I think you can see how that could lead to problems for many wearers who are relying on that data to make decision. Here's the reason they can't accurately measure calorie burn is because the degree of variability from one person to the next is so large. Fitness trackers use a very general formula based on simple data that you input, like your height, your weight, the time you spend exercising, and your heart rate. And they use that information to calculate the calories burned. But really, it's a lot more complex than that. And unless you're in a test tube, there's really no way for a simple tracker to measure this. It factors in things like your height and your weight, of course, but also your resting heart rate compared to your working heart rate and the ratio of difference between the two. It factors in your percentage of muscle compared to your percentage of body fat your general fitness level compared to your daily activity level and your own metabolic rate at rest and even your genetics. Those are all things that come into play in calculating the amount of calories that you burn during a movement session. So even the very best fitness tracker can't take all of that into consideration. And yet we rely on this information to help us make decisions about how to exercise to justify how much food we can eat or how to burn off the food we already did eat. And it's very easy for people to become obsessed with the data that the tracker provides and end up driving ourselves crazy trying to get enough steps or burn enough calories. Now, the funny thing is that I would guess that most of you or the people out there who own a tracker didn't buy it because of the calorie burning feature. Most of us aren't into counting calories. I'm sure you would say that you got one to help motivate you to engage in healthier habits and track your progress towards a goal. But I wonder if that's how it turned out. Did it work to help motivate you? Or did you find yourself getting hooked on the numbers? Did the fact that the calorie counting feature is there cause you to start fixating on something you never worried about before and become obsessed with balancing your exercise calories with your food calories and maybe restricting your diet to help compensate for your activity or your inactivity or exercising to compensate for the food you eat? Did you start engaging in unhealthy competitions or feeling pressured or controlled by all this data that your tracker is spitting out? Or are you one of the people whose tracker is sitting in the bottom of your sock drawer no longer being used? That's me. Feeling pressure to perform, to keep up or compete. Of course, that's going to lead to negative feelings about movement, like cause anxiety about did you do enough or did I work hard enough? Am I good enough? And, you know, we have talked about how negative feelings work in terms of motivating us in 
And by that, I mean, like it, it doesn't motivate us. Negative feelings never cause us to feel motivation. And if you missed my talk about motivation, that's episode two, um, or you can download my free guide, the motivation secret, which is in the show notes. Okay, so to recap, here are some questions you can ask yourself to self-assess whether your relationship with your fitness tracker is serving you or not. Question one, what was your original intention when you started wearing the tracker? And was it helpful for that purpose? Did you find it motivating? Are you still wearing it for that purpose or has your focus shifted? Number two, how are you using the data from your app or tracker? Are you assessing the info from a place of curiosity and just noticing? Does the information inspire you to engage in movement as a form of self-care, i.e. like when it beeps to tell you to get up and, and move, does that get you up and do some stretching and help you take care of your body? Or does the data cause you to feel pressured, stressed, or obsessed in any way? Do you allow the tracker to control you? Do you let it decide if you've done enough or gone fast enough or worked hard enough or burned enough calories? Are you going to extremes to make sure you hit your targets every day, like staying up late to get your steps or doing only certain types of workouts while avoiding others to make sure that you fill in your rings? Number four, is your tracker a way to monitor the transaction of calories in, calories out? And if it is, I'd say just throw it out because it doesn't work anyways. Number five, is it causing you to become overly competitive in an unhealthy way? And most of these apps have some sort of community challenge built in. And where I live locally, I'm a member of a triathlon club, and we have this funny saying that if it's not on Strava, it didn't happen. And Strava is our um, tracking, tracking app that we use to measure the distance of our runs and bike rides and things like that. And amongst our group, there can be uh, some healthy competition from time to time, and it's always fun and supportive. They're a great group. But what I'm saying is you really have to know yourself and how you react to competition. I myself have a competitive streak and it has nothing to do with the people I'm competing with because they're all just in it for fun. But I know my brain and how I can allow competition and numbers to take me over to a fault. It's not always healthy. So I have to make sure I'm in the right frame of mind before I engage in any sort of challenge or competition. So I just want to give you that as food for thought as well. Number six. Basically, is your mindset around using your tracker coming from a place of love and caring for yourself, or is it coming from a place of fear and needing to fix yourself? If you're using your tracker because you think you need to fix yourself, that's a warning sign. Remember, friends, love always wins. There's nothing wrong with you. You don't need fixing. And just a little side note here, I centered most of my conversation today around wearable fitness trackers, but everything that I'm talking about here, all the same principles apply to the use of calorie counting apps such as MyFitnessPal or even the bathroom scale. Weighing yourself often to assess whether your food and movement choices are right, it's all the same thing. All of it is relying on some external tool or number to validate that you're doing a good job. 
And it's all just diet culture in different forms. So with all that in mind and knowing that so many women feel such pressure from using a tracker, I think it's safe to say that in general, these trackers might be interfering with experiencing joyful movement. And we also learned today that there's a lot of limitations. They're not all that helpful. We know that a lot of the things these apps are tracking are arbitrary or inaccurate anyway. So if you're not getting good reliable data from their thing, that's just something to be aware of too. If all this tool is doing is causing you to feel badly about yourself, highlighting that you're not doing enough, or if it's causing you to struggle with motivation, then maybe it's time for something different. But good news, the only tracker you really need, you've already got it and it's free. The tool is your body and the app is the process of attunement. Attunement is simply the process of tapping into your body's own signals and cues and using them to guide your movement and eating choices. Like I said with the talk test earlier, your body has its own way of telling you whether you're working hard enough. The talk test is one way the body signals us. But other ways your body can talk to you are through your energy level. You know far better than an app how much you have to give on any given day. Another signal is just how your body feels. Maybe your legs are sore and running today wouldn't be the best choice. Perhaps a walk and a stretch would feel better. The other cue your body sends is just your mental state. How you feel in your mind. Are you feeling stressed out and maybe needing something simple and low key today? Are you feeling happy and inspired? Maybe you want to dance around your kitchen. Maybe you're angry and you need to throw a kettlebell around, or maybe you're just spent and you need some restorative yoga. No app can possibly assess all these things, but you can by scanning your body and noticing how you feel from head to toe and asking what would feel best for you and your body today. Attunement means trusting your body to know what it needs and allowing it to set the pace. It means feeling empowered with the knowledge that you know your body best and you can make the best choice. It means there's no one right way to move and no one right intensity. And it means there's no need for competition. Attunement is choosing what's in your highest good and saying thanks anyway to the things that don't serve you. Now, none of these are going to tell you how many calories you burned. And you might question whether you did enough to burn off the foods you ate but that's where intuitive eating comes in, which is a topic for another date, but is just about tuning in to your body's cues when it comes to how much to eat, how much you need, when you're full, when you're hungry. But it's also awesome because disconnecting your movement from the desire to lose weight or the need to burn calories is the number one thing that you can do to help improve motivation and help to feel empowered to move just for the pure joy of it. Honestly, guys, your body has the whole calorie balance thing figured out anyways. Your body knows what size it wants to be, and it wants to feel its healthiest, most energetic best. So when we can tap into our body's signals and listen, it's going to do a way better job of working all that out than any app anyways. So there you have it. Save your three to $1,500 and ask Santa for something different this year. Or maybe you make your New Year's resolution to stop using your tracker. 
on that note, with New Year's just around the corner and everybody to start thinking about goals for 2021, I wonder if you'll join me in resolving to reject diet culture this year. We are about to get bombarded by all the ads selling us the next great thing that's going to help us finally lose the weight. I'm going to ask you, can you stand strong with me and promise not to spend your hard-earned money supporting the $70 billion a year diet industry? They are not here to help you, my friends. If there were some magic answer to weight loss, we'd all know about it by now. The truth is, it doesn't work. 95% of weight loss attempts fail. Instead, how about deciding to make 2021 your year, the year that you say yes to you, saying yes to living your best life, saying yes to choosing goals that inspire you and light you up, saying yes to feel great in your now body, saying yes to self-acceptance and body respect, saying yes to feeling healthy, strong, confident, and empowered, and saying yes to freedom, choices, fun, and joy. But to say yes to you, you must say no to diet culture. We got to say no to diet programs, weight loss challenges, extreme workouts. Saying no to anyone who tells us that there's one right way to get results. Say no to tying your worth to your weight and no to all the experts who are telling you what you should want and how you should do it. Does that sound good to you? If so, I want to invite you to join me for my free webinar that I'm holding on January 6th at noon Eastern Standard Time. It's called This Is My Year, and I'm going to show you how to set goals like never before. We're going to discover why most people fail to meet their goals and the simple fix that you can make today to start achieving yours. We're going to talk about the reason why a new diet or a workout will not solve your problems. We're going to talk about why losing weight is not the answer to self-acceptance. We're going to talk about the real way to achieve self-acceptance and how to cultivate it immediately. And I'm going to show you the mindset tool that you can employ to change really any undesired result in your life. It's going to be great, guys, and it's free, and I promise you'll learn something. You can learn more about it or register to attend the webinar on my website, radiantvitality.ca slash this is my year. It's free and it will be recorded if you can't make it live, but it would be awesome if you could make it live because you'll have the chance to ask me questions in real time. Either way, you got to register to get access to it live or to get the recording. So go to my website and register. Okay, friends, thanks so much for being part of this community. I hope that you found this episode helpful. Remember that you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Radiant Vitality Wellness, and you can learn more about how to work with me on my website, which is radiantvitality.ca. I want to wish each and every one of you a very, very happy holiday season. Whatever it is you celebrate, I know it's going to look different for all of us this year. I hope that you're surrounded by those you love and feel the joy and magic of the season within the safety of your bubble. Be well, my friends, and here's to your radiant vitality. Hey, before you go, I just want to tell you how grateful I am for you. It means the world to me that you're part of our radiant vitality community. I've got a free gift for you. Head on over to my website and download the motivation secret 
the simple mindset shift that will get you off the start stop cycle for good. The link is in the show notes. And Hey, if you enjoy this podcast, the greatest gift you could give me is to leave a review or share this episode with a friend. Your shares and reviews help my show get seen by more women, just like you who are ready for something different with fitness. And when you share the love, I'll enter you to win a scholarship to write body for me, my 16 week transformative coaching program. Just DM me a screenshot on Insta to show your review or share. You never know. I might give you a shout out on a future episode as well. Bye for now, friend.